real quick before we dive in, if we do talk about Seven Remake, who has beat it, who hasn't, who doesn't know what's going on, and who cares? Hey, I'm Fingers. Yo, this is Vector. Hey, everyone. This is Days Ahead. And I'm Nitroid. You're listening to the Kojima Frequency. Final Fantasy VII is possibly my number three favorite game of all time. Um, it has that that entire series has been extremely influential on me about as much, if not more, than the Metal Gear series. So, yeah, the, this FF Seven remake was a really big deal for me. And and after I finished the game, I did a complete rant uh, to one of my friends who who really he's not into games at all, but I you know I had to tell him like, dude, that ending was complete ass in in like a good way though it's it's hard to explain but we'll we'll get into that final fantasy 7 is not my favorite final fantasy but i i did grow up playing it and it uh the remake man this game (laughs) does some stuff it does i think i said this to you guys earlier but when they first started this promotional campaign for the remake i had a sort of inkling that they were up to something because that name final fantasy 7 remake Right. is so uncanny that it seems like less of a description and more of some sort of like a coy comment on what they're up to. But I kind of okay. put that out of my head because meta trickery and things of that nature were kind of outside of Square Enix's purview. Like that wasn't in their toolkit for the most part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of exactly what it was. <laughs> your, your, I think I said earlier as well, your Kojima wisdom made you roll a 20 on perception. But, <laughs> like, you held back. Because, like you said, like, this is a huge deal for everybody. There's no way Square would have the balls to, you know, make this so, choice. Yeah, I mean, if we're going to get into spoilers, then... I guess I mean, we should have a let's warning. Let's not, because I haven't gone all the way through it or, or played any <laughs> you, of it yet. Planning I'm to? still waiting okay. on it from Gamefly. It's delayed because of fucking coronavirus. I will say this. Just when you thought we had reached peak video games meta with Undertale, this thing comes in and slaps you in the face. Yeah. Okay, to be fair, though, like I really like Undertale, and with this, I'm questioning if it's fraud. Like, straight-up fraud on Square Enix's part. Like, we were talking about, when I was talking to my friend, we were talking about the legality of this shit. Because it's so, I don't know, it just feels so unprecedented. I mean, everything is unprecedented right nowadays. Man, I must have rolled a zero. I, I, must, I mean, a, I wasn't even rolling a dice, because I'm not getting anything of what you guys are throwing down. So I I completely missed that, but I'm looking forward to fingers for looking forward to you finishing it so we can discuss this in detail. I did beat uh, Resident Evil Three, so I can talk about that now. But we're yeah, but so that takes that, like yeah. half an hour, right? <laughs> yeah, so that's not even hard. Yeah, I'll just say y'all were right. Yeah, that game was in and out. I didn't even get to play Resistance. I couldn't connect to the server. Just, yeah. <laughs> I have I have one comment about Resident Evil Three. Um, so I. Got, I accrued some Amazon gift cards so that I could buy uh, an RTX card before you know everybody bought one with their stimulus checks. Uh, so yeah. I, my my RTX twenty sixty super came in, uh, and the first thing I did was go into Resident Evil and turn up all the settings so I could look at Carlos and his hair. Okay, <laughs> such a babe. Okay, right now we're done. I'm done. Oh, did you did you uh, do the uh, like the new hair or the classic? Oh, the classic hair is like disgusting. Uh, the new hair. Did you see the um, 
have you seen the Carlos hair mod? No, I haven't. I haven't seen that. I've seen oh, the naked great. mod. It, it gives. It gives there's a naked mod. <laughs> there's always a naked mod. Um, the Carlos hair mod gives every character Carlos's hair. Oh, That's wonderful! Awesome. <laughs> and 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 it's great because Jill looks like an '80s mom with it. It's amazing. <laughs> it's gonna burn up some graphics cards. So so much oh, so much beautiful strands. Somebody say strands. <laughs> I'm a big fan of uh, the uh, replace Nemesis with Thomas the Tank Engine mod. That's a pretty good. That's one. That's a good one. Um, I yeah, I, I played with classic Carlos hair because, you know, this game didn't <laughs> pander to the fans of the original as much as two did. Two, you were able to to unlock the original sound effects and, yeah. and if you beat the game with yeah, if you beat the game with the original sound effects turned on, it it plays the you know the ending song that rock song that kicks so much ass but uh this game didn't do a lot of that and it also Man, i'm it, not even i don't even think this game was aware of the original you know it's surreal i it was uh it felt like a completely different game like i, I only played re3 once like the original and i just i didn't remember it as that but i still just like played through it and i was kind of like all right yeah. i dodged everything they read That's, the clip you know notes. What it, <laughs> yeah you know what it felt like to me was a resident evil 2 expansion pack like yeah. a lot of people are saying that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I didn't know other people were saying that, but that's that that, that that's rail what it gun is. though. <clears throat> I think oh, we can all appreciate shit. that rail gun. That that was, no, that was pretty seeing, fucking cool. Seeing Jill like hold that rail gun does things to me, man. I don't know. Yeah, got a screenshot of that. <laughs> can, can I wonder? Can you unlock that? In the somebody should make a mod if you can unlock <laughs> rail it. gun mod. Every gun's a right. Rail gun. Yeah, that'd be sick. I will say it becomes a lot more fun on the harder difficulties. Yeah. Really. I'm really glad that I started on hardcore because that definitely expanded my experience. I feel like, and I, I want to start a nightmare run. You know, so I started Resident Evil Two on hardcore because some idiot reviewer told me to. That was a mistake. It was a complete mistake. That game was so poorly imbalanced for difficulty. Um, I had a terrible time, um, and I had a much better better time on normal. But it was still, you know, my experience had still been sullied by the hardcore difficulty and so it like made me not want to play that game and then resident evil 3 was so it was it just felt like there was so much missing and it, it, it was unfinished after i finished it the first time i had no desire to go back resident evil 3 on nightmare it's not a completely different game but it is a lot more tense a lot more stressful and you definitely feel some of that suspense that you got from re2 remake that was kind of missing from this one um they change item placements around they change enemy spawn points around so it might only work in the context of having already beaten re3 and not so much on its own one thing that that surprised me and i'm not sure if this happens in the in the easier difficulties or not because i never experienced it but Despite what Twitter tells you, Nemesis did straight up chase me into a safe room mm-hmm. at one point. And the, I, think I it's was the not ready for that. Yeah, it was in the garage. Yeah, I think wow. one of the I, just just to give you an idea of the expectations for this difficulty. You know, at the beginning when you're at the cell phone, gr- the, the the subway grate, and um, you have like the the pistol ammo and like your first two herbs and stuff like that. They just straight up give you the magnum there. They're like, we're not fucking around. Like, you're going to need this. <laughs> nice. I yeah, like I did unlock idea. that one gun. The uh, That's like the first thing I did with like the coins that I got, the samurai gun. And that was pretty much like two headshots. Every every zombie was going down. So. Oh, that's good. Because I yeah. despise how they handle headshots in these yeah. games. Yeah, it was ridiculous. 
Yeah. I mean, but then still, I, I just had no. I was like, cool. Even with this condition, I don't want to run through this whole game now again. Like it just, it wasn't really there enough. Didn't give me enough replayability, really. Yeah, definitely. But there's but, tons of other bonuses that you can unlock in it that would make it more fun, or you know. More oh yeah. Speaking of which, days did you ever uh, get all those bobbleheads? <laughs> I didn't. I've yeah. been too busy uh, making my fairground in Animal Crossing. Oh well, there you go. Seems like we're all playing everything except Metal Gear right now, but that's, you know, it would I be mean, nice to have a new one, maybe. Yeah, I'd, what, what, which one would you play? Like, if if all these games hadn't come out in the past month, which? Uh, oh God, you know, I kind of want to. This this might sound like sacrilege, but I kind of want to try Survive again. Oh really? Ooh, we should hop on they, Survive, dude. Like, have they? I don't know if they've added any new content, but I recently started experimenting with some of the mods on the PC version, uh-huh. and there is some hilarious stuff you can do with that. <laughs> I bet. Not that, not that I would ever encourage messing around in online multiplayer with mods, but oh, God. I've seen now there are mods that take... Um, you can set down any any sort of item within a certain list during during matches in multiplayer. So it, like it spawns whatever item. But these mods have figured out how to replace items of one type with items of another. So you can get you can spawn things that you're not meant to spawn like entire buildings. You just like throw a watchtower at someone. <laughs> yeah, but the way the game is coded, you can be in a multiplayer match and the other players will see what you're spawning. It's not exclusive to you. So if you uh, can be in the middle of a multiplayer match and then just spawn a hydroponics bay right in the middle of the base, <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty cool. great. So I kind of, right I don't know. Have they done? I don't know if there's uh, been anything new added or some of the like extreme the level, like the extreme stuff has gotten like more challenging. I think, but I don't know about. But new a lot of the times things. when they when they tweak the difficulty there, it's mostly just what making enemies a little more durable and throwing more of them at you, right? Yeah, and their damage, like, just like the damage output is higher. Yeah. Right on. Yeah, I've been thinking about, um, like, not, uh, any previous Metal Gear games, but, but, uh, after all the conversations we've had on this show, I've been thinking about a lot about hypothetical Metal Gears and, and playing them in alternate universes, I guess, because, you know, there ain't going to be no more Metal Gear for a long time. I don't know about that. Yeah, you you got some insider information? No, I don't know. I just yeah, I don't see any hints that there's going to be a, another Metal Gear for a long time, and so that's why you know what else have we left to to discuss except games from the past, which is what we're doing now. Well, a lot of people have been talking about remakes lately. I mean, with Final Fantasy VII and Resident Evil, and I guess now <coughs> Capcom's going to be remaking Resident Evil 4. Is that confirmed or just a, a rumor? That's a I rumor. I follow-up they... on anything since that like one tweet that, went out. That completely smelled like gaming blog rumor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah if they remake that game, I'll be them. upset. I'll be infuriated if they do that. We it's did like see that... Konami asking, like, out of these franchises, you can only pick three. You know, like right. tw- tweets like that these days look like direct market research now. Like to me, I'm like, hmm, okay. <laughs> They're like, yeah, Good we got point. a bunch of Metal Gear, a bunch of Castlevania, a few Ninja Turtles, a couple Suikoden's, and mostly the big three though: Metal Gear, Castlevania, Silent Hill. Yeah. It's it's right. sort of like a, a rippling effect, like an economic rippling effect. They've sent yeah. out that tweet, and then the YouTubers they do a ten minute video on the tweet, and then the bloggers they blog about, you know, is this is this a hint that Silent Hill is coming back, and and it just so on and so forth. Yeah. 
yeah, just that many people just loop. saying Silent Hill is an answer will be like enough to get it trending on the whole of Twitter. It's like, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> and then everybody thinks there's like news related to it. That's how this whole article thing gets picked up and the rumors get started. So I think if you see a remaster collection or something, like if they do a Castlevania collection or like a I don't think they would do another Metal Gear, but if if you see a collection released on PS4 or or even PS5, uh, then that will be your your hint that they're working on something new. I wouldn't see you know, a reason for them to do it on PS5. Almost, it's like if they're gonna do it, they need to do it on PS4 because it's like that's where you know stuff will still operate, and they won't have to like port everything to fi- you know what I'm saying. Like, it, especially and with it's the Phantom compatible. Game. Yeah. 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 Remember that time in the 2000s where like all the movie studios were remaking like every classic horror film they could get their hands on. Doesn't it kind of feel like we're in that stage, but for video games? Yeah, yeah. Twenty year cycle. Good point. Yeah, we're in that like uh, mid '90s period where just like all the PlayStation stuff was popping off. We got Crash and Spyro. You, and Final you guys, Seven. Yeah, Metal guys, Gear's on the way, dude. That's what's next. Shit. <laughs> You've heard the concept of the twenty year cycle, right? No. no. Uh, so I'm probably getting this completely wrong. Uh, so you know, I don't know. Somebody keep me honest in the comments. So the 20-year cycle is a marketing concept where, like, IPs that people understood or or sort of took in in their adolescence, you know, they grow up. And when they become, like, the most profitable age demographic, that's when they bring back, you know, those franchises, those IPs. So it's like, you know, they're a kid, they they play Resident Evil. In the context of this conversation, um, when they're a kid, they play Resident Evil, they play Metal Gear... Uh, and then, you know, 20 years later, you know, if they're adults, they've got money, they have disposable income. Well, maybe not now, but, you know, presumably they have disposable income. And so people are, you know, hey, we've got Resident Evil back. Hey, we've got Metal Gear back, ideally. Um, I've heard of that, yeah. Of that so what concept. you're saying is in 2037, we should expect a gritty Fortnite reboot? <laughs> but yeah, it, it does make sense with just, like, people growing up, and then by the time they're you know, financially set. They're like, okay, I want to do something with this property. People that are 10 years older, even that are, that are running the studios. And that's what kind of chops it down and takes away some of that, like fan integrity. You know, it's like, man, I wish it was like, like Michael Bay shouldn't have done Ninja Turtles. Like he's too old to do Ninja Turtles. That wasn't like his shit when he was a kid. Right. So yeah, it's, it's you know, well, he like was that. handed that. He was like, Hey, you can direct action movies. Yeah. Take this. But that's what I'm saying. Like that generation didn't really get Ninja Turtles. So that's why I don't think he really connected with it. And it was kind of just like a weird Hollywood movie. Maybe he did. I don't know. How old was Michael Bay when, you know, in like 1987, <sighs> not my age in 1987 when you're a kid <laughs> and supposed to be growing up with it. That's what I'm saying. He's way older than me. So, right. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like there are some things that I got that are like marketed towards kids, but when I was maybe 17 or, or 25, I don't know. You would I would have been like fucked into turtles at that point. Like, uh, yeah, like that's if you're older. I don't older. think so. I, because I, I'm still into Ninja Turtles now. So yeah. I went back and watched that Nickelodeon, that 3D animated one. It was phenomenal. Oh, I love that one. Yeah, things, it was great. Uh, it didn't have the undertones of the original where like April O'Neil is, is like, 37 and she's you know committing statutory rape but you know it's just more the, the like the cartoons and stuff when it like when it first came out so that's you know that's what wouldn't have like before you know after the comics of course but like when it was right. introduced as a kid's show people right. our age would have been like what 
you know. Like, yeah, they should shit. do. They should bring back like the classic Ninja Turtles and the R-rated comics, and you know that was where they were. They would decapitate fools. Yep. I still remember that, when that first movie came out, the live action one. Yeah. And you know you have a bunch of parents. I I, I remember this clear as day because I was a little kid going in to see that movie in the theater. And just a bunch of parents and a bunch of little kids ready to see the Ninja Turtles movie. And then Raphael yells, <laughs> damn! And okay. you can hear, like, the audible gasps of every mother in that theater. <laughs> <laughs> On the topic of, uh, you know, combining well, combining topics here, segueing rather, I remember some of the early Ninja Turtles games being pretty hard, like the NES one, uh, oh, Turtles, Turtles in Time. Well, uh, Turtles in Time. Turtles in Time great. was fair. Yeah. Ninja Turtles for the NES was bullshit. Yes. I beat that game. It took me a ridiculous amount of time, but I did it. <sighs> Those tentacles, man. Under the underground or the underwater section. I mean, Ugh. it's those. It's those last two levels, man. The one where you're in the um the enemy base, but but the base itself migrates from like pipe to pipe, so you have to get lucky and catch it. <laughs> It's so unfair. That would turn me off from playing the game. But I never had an NES growing up. I was a Genesis kid. Oh, you were one of those kids. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I had a, a Genesis, but I only had Sonic 2. I didn't really get into games until until I had, I had a PlayStation. And it was Metal Gear Solid that got me into games. Because once I finished that, I'm like, okay, what else can these game things do? Yeah. But, oh, um, man. That's quite the standard to start at. Yeah, well, you know, that's that's what led me to just, it was actually my dad. He um or I uh, oh, okay, no, it was a demo disc that um me and was my it friend the Pizza Hut demo disc. No, 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 no. It was the blue one. It was right? it was one of the jam packs that had a trailer for Resident Evil 2. And in the trailer, it has the the scene where the giant crocodile comes out and, you know, and me and my friend, we saw it and we're like, "Holy shit, that was the craziest thing ever." Um, he showed me uh, Resident Evil Director's Cut and, you know, scared the crap out of us because we were, we were seven and eight at the time. We're, we're like, we're not supposed to be playing this. This is awesome. And, uh, and so then we saw Resident Evil 2 and we saw that giant crocodile and it was like, it was like one of the most mind bending things my seven year old mind had ever seen. <laughs> and, um, and so that's what led to me getting into that series. So when I finally had a chance to play it, it was, um, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And so I would watch my dad play it and, you know, and he, he would, he became a huge fan of the series and, uh, and Medal of Honor and uh, Die Hard trilogy. And, and he, oh, he would just gosh. sit there. Yeah. He would just sit there and play playing games for hours and I would watch him. And then I, as a kid, I would play games with cheat codes. Um, if a game didn't have cheat codes, I wouldn't play it because I just didn't have the manual dexterity to you know to to try and sit there when i could be watching cartoons you know why am i going to waste my time doing the same thing over and over when animaniacs is coming on at five i was going to ask so, did you have a game shark or a game genie uh my friend did uh, and that was cool but um no i couldn't afford that so it was just uh looking online at school uh you know to, like cheats.com or cheat code central all those, all those websites. GameFAQs Game is my facts. my number one. Yeah, they were they were my guys. Um, oh, and then here's another crazy thing that happened through GameFAQs. Uh, you know, because metal the Metal Gear series has never had any sort of cheat codes. Um, 
I mean, like real ones, you can put, you can do the Konami code and it does an Easter egg, but there's no like 30 lives cheat or anything like that. And so, you know, I was just looking for secrets through GameFAQs one day and I discovered this, uh, this like fanfic writing group. And, and it was, you know, I, it was like this choose your own adventure type deal where, you know, someone would write a, a funny story and at the end people would vote on what happened next in the story. And you could, you know, we, you'd carry on where the last person left off if they hadn't posted in a while. It was amazing. And that like increased my level of enjoyment in the series and, you know, made me feel like I was, I was a part of this community, which is eventually what led to me talking to you guys on this podcast. So, you know, oh, shucks. I don't, yeah, That's I don't know. Awesome. That just that that just took me to a, down a, a rabbit hole of, uh, of memories. So having grown up with Metal Gear Solid One and having seen the modern the state of modern remakes, where where do you think we're headed? Yeah, good question. I'm kind of I'm. This is probably like unpopular opinion, but I, I kind of hope that if they do a remake, they do throw in something that kind of changes the canon or you know like is is meta like like final fantasy 7 is doing here's here's the thing they already kind of did that it was called metal gear solid, solid 2, two. <laughs> i was about to say that i mean yeah good point good point be more specific though for people that might not do be it following. in shadow mode like me it's like per you know. metal gear solid 2 is essentially a stealth remake of mgs1 but not in the in a traditional sense it follows yeah, the right. same story beats in it the whole thing is kind of like an examination and a criticism of sequels okay. in, in a sense. So, right, right. It, you know, it looks at the expectations that people had about MGS two following MGS one flips them on their head and says, you know, um, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, wanting to be solid snake, isn't the best thing in the world. Right. Um, it, it, it I was, yeah, I wasn't really prepared for this. So, um, but it but it is sort of here's the thing about metal gear from from metal gear 1 up through metal gear solid 2 it's been kind of repeating the same story beats over and over again yeah well you know well i mean have you seen the the documentary or like if you've read uh hero with a thousand faces you know all stories are pretty much the same they just it's like a, every story is a reskin of the story that came before yeah. It's just MGS2 did it, but with a wink. Like, okay, let me give you a really funny example. Okay, I'm going to name, I'm going to describe a story, and I want you to tell me what it is. The first thing that comes to your mind. Okay, you ready? Okay, okay. I kind of know where this is going, but yeah. Okay, so so you have these three kids that attend this magical school. Yeah, and they, they there's an archetype. There's there's a loudmouth kid. There's you know a, a dark silent type, and there's this girl who's obviously the know it all. And they attend this magical school, and they got to fight a bad guy who fights with snake magic. Okay, what story is that? Oh gosh, I mean, I don't want to say the obvious answer because I know there's going to be <laughs> right. something else. Look, right. you don't have to be shady about this podcast, man. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, right, so the obvious answer is. Is obviously Harry Potter, but there's right. going to be other. Well, no, that I just described Naruto. See, I never watched Naruto. Yeah, but it's the same. It's the same story. And I got I got out of anime around Inuyasha. So, okay, all right, I don't blame you. I, I, I you missed know? that train. 
Yeah, you're you're lucky. But I understand um, your point. Is like there are story tropes and archetypes that people follow because that is a, a proven. The plot beats are proven to work on people. Isn't there yeah. like seven story types or something? Like, yeah, I mean that's the premise behind the mono myth. I mean, how many people yeah. have adapted that? Exactly. So, and I think the someone recently did a uh, like they tracked Snake's hero's journey, which I thought was interesting. Because um, for a lot of people, you know, it's hard to to really uh, put together what what the what the hero's journey of those stories are, especially sure, when you connect also, each of the games. It's also so broad, though, that you could attach it to anything. I mean, I I don't a lot of the time when people are writing these stories and they match up, I don't think it's being done con- with that conscious intent of I'm going to take the monomyth and adapt it to this thing I have in mind. It's just no. These yeah. are co- these are common tropes that we all sort of share in common. It's sort of like right. a, you know, call it collective consciousness, whatever you want to say. It's part of the culture. It's like what yeah. Plinkett yeah, exactly. says. Uh, you you might have not realized it, but your brain did just subconscious Uh, right and so yeah what's going on there the point of the monomyth is that you know essentially stories the way stories work is ingrained into our dna now so if you tell a story that resonates with people it's going to follow the beats of the monomyth so um it's kind of like yeah you know it's similar to horoscopes in a way where i was just gonna mention that Mm -hmm. yeah it will fit any person yeah it's like it's like cold reading right yeah, absolutely. So, you know, yeah, if, if uh, I think what's funny is that MGS2, it's like, of course it's going to follow the same beats as Metal Gear Solid. It's a story, but then it, it calls attention to itself. It breaks the fourth wall again, and it's like, oh, did you notice how everything was the same? We did that on purpose. Right, so it's it's either very clever or very dumb, depending on your perspective. Right. Um, but yeah. here's what worries me with regards to a to a remake of Metal Gear Solid, and I'll use Final Fantasy VII as an example without without getting too much into it. Um, but Final Fantasy VII and and just generally any older source material that gets revisited. So you I mean you know more recent stuff you could say is like Star Wars and Star Trek and all that. Yeah. This this stuff was written in a very self contained way, but just. <sighs> That seems to be lost now. So now that everything's become over time very culturally blended, um, it, it's it's kind of like it can't have its own identity. Everything has to be um, held with a kind of reverence. You know, I, I was talking to a friend of mine earlier, and he and he pointed out that like the remake of Final Fantasy VII treats every aspect of the original with this strange sort of reverence, like it's a passage from a holy book, you know? Hmm. And, 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 and like everything, it's this really annoying trait that's emblematic of modern media. This, this reverence paid to the source material that somehow also manages to completely misunderstand it. Um, so, so it's, it's like, you know, if thing X was popular and is fondly remembered, then any revisitation of that thing must be aware of the fact that it is fondly remembered and it must make active references to that fact. And I, I freaking hate it. It's it's gross. It reminds me of, uh, like Marvel films. Every Marvel film has to have some sort of meta wink. Every, you know, every Marvel movie has this like teaser, this wink, like, oh, this hero's coming or, oh, this comic event's about to happen. 
Um, another example that kind of flashes in my head right now, uh, and I know we keep talking about this, and I have no idea how we keep talking about this, but Picard. Uh, I felt like a lot of Picard was like, oh, oh, there's Riker. Oh, oh, Picard went exactly, to Riker's yeah. house. Uh, like shit like that. It's, yeah. It's very aware of the fact that it's got a beloved history, but 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 it but it expects you to attach to 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 grant it that same level of attachment and reverence without earning it. And to that point, I, I feel like the biggest audience that I feel bad for in terms of what happened with the Final Fantasy remake are the people who bought this to kind of see why everybody holds this game in such high regard. Because they're not. Oh, yet. those poor bastards! <laughs> My wife actually brought this up earlier, where she's she's not sure if she enjoyed the remake or not. But she did say that one thing she didn't like is the fact that this game is going to completely screw up expectations and 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 impressions of what the original was for people who have never played it. I mean, I think as long as that's no clear, idea. which which they didn't make clear. But now that oh, the no, word, this is the word's this starting is a to total spread, that this is no substitute for playing the original, and that it kind of takes for granted that you know what happened in the original. It's I was going to say, it's a total rug pull of a game. Uh, you know, it's... Mm, yeah. Which, I like, as its own product and game, like, I think that's cool. Like, I, I kind of like stuff like that where they, you know, betray your audience type stuff. But when you look at it in sort of like a... a uh, uh, a business sense. It, I mean, God, I feel like such a hypocrite. Well, I feel like a hypocrite for saying this and loving Metal Gear Solid too as much as I do. But in the same regard, like, like I feel like Metal Gear Solid Two did not. There's one thing about confronting an audience's expectations. There's another thing about I feel like promising the audience one product and giving them another. And the Final Fantasy remake balances that line on what it does so much and I, I can't I can't like pick there's, a side I can't pick a side well there's also the fact of once you've seen a magic trick so many times it loses its, it loses its appeal and you know this is a trick that has been done over and over and over and over and over again and it's this you know we're, we're in this very sort of meta writing zeitgeist and and like everybody's doing it so it's losing its impact. It's losing its effectiveness. You know, we're, we're at the point of Final diminishing Fantasy? returns. Yeah, they just did. I, I'm saying before now, have they done any of this? No, no and that's Fantasy why games? I didn't expect it, but it's still yeah. the same trick. Gotcha. I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to play it, and I, I kind of hope they do something similar with Metal Gear, where they just it, I just kind of hope they don't remake it. I know, I'm, I, I know that a lot of people are really looking forward to seeing a Metal Gear Solid remake, but... I, my position's always been, what are you going to get out of a remake that you didn't get out of the original? What is it that you're chasing? Because you if you're chasing nostalgia, metal- yeah. you're not going to get it. That's where I say like you insert like Metal Gear 1 and 2 in there all of a sudden. And it's just a separate playable part. Like right there, he's talking to Gray Fox. He's like, I remember in Zanzibar, and you're back there all of a sudden. <laughs> Oh damn! I, I don't know. Like they're they're kind of doing that with like with uh, like what they did with Modern Warfare, where they just like oh. inserted that scene that was like this wasn't in the original. I was totally fine with it because just otherwise you're just going through it again, but I, prettier. I do think if we're gonna remake, <clears throat> go ahead. I was gonna say I I do think there is some value in remakes that you know still adhere to some of the, the plot beats and the concepts of the original, while also showing its appreciation in, in some sort of organic way. Um, have you guys seen, uh, like, Suspiria? No. 
Okay, so that's a bad example. Uh, so let me go to a more grounded example. Um, you know, I know that we're a bit divisive on this, but Resident Evil 2, um, I felt like was an example of this where, yeah, you know, some co content was cut, and yes, it's a totally different... It's a remake in a sense that it, it's a totally different, you know, concept, but it still adheres to the beats while also appreciating some of the concepts and ideas from the original game. Um, well, that's where Final Fantasy VII Remake succeeds, when it doesn't deviate and it just expands on what was already there. Exactly, right. yeah. Like, uh, and to finger, for finger, could, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, if you could do that for Metal Gear, then maybe you'd have something. Hmm. But but the nature of Metal Gear has always been meta to a degree. So I I how can you do a metal I, I hate to kind of deviate from what you were saying, but how can you do a remake of Metal Gear Solid 1 without treading ground that Metal Gear Solid 2 has already covered? You would have to change the story completely. And what's crazy is that FF7 remake it covers. It does cover all the same beats as the original. I mean, somebody said that like disc one is only five hours of the game, um, which could be true. But uh, I mean, of the original game, and so you know, this remake it it actively changes the canon. I feel uh, like if you watch Advent Children, you know there are things that happen that are. Like after the that after the events that have happened in this remake, I don't see them taking place in the same way that they did in that movie. Um, it's hard to go into this in too much detail without spoiling it, but it's it's like the vaguest way I can put it is that Final Fantasy VII remake is about Final Fantasy VII remake. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so if they do that with Metal Gear Solid, you know, then wait, you have Metal Gear Solid too. Here's my question, hmm. though. Okay, so here's my question. Is, you know, you ask, you know, what could they do with the meta-narrative? I say, why does it need to have a meta-narrative? Like, I get that we're talking about how that's a trend right now, but going back to the Resident, Resident Evil 2 example, like, I feel like they did have, you know, maybe a wink or nod to the original, but they were able to create a remake without making it too, you know, meta or too too high concept and you know maybe that could be something that they could consider for for a metal gear solid remake um one example i was thinking about is mr x mr x in the original game is only like a bonus in the b run i don't know if you guys ever did like the b runs and the a runs in the original yeah um and in the remake like he's in both scenarios not that the scenario is that much different but he's in both scenarios and he's this huge deal uh, so to that, like to that example, you know, I could see somebody remaking Metal Gear and a smaller aspect or concept of the game that might have been. Hold you on, know. guys. Core back. All right, cool. Uh, where was I? Oh yeah. So back to you know, with that example of Mr. X, I wonder if somebody, you know, somebody competent, granted, uh, was able to remake Metal Gear Solid. Maybe they could extrapolate certain concepts of the original game and, and show their appreciation by putting it in the modern age. Like what, I guess uh, now, now in that case, I'll, I'll pose a question to you guys. If we were to remake metal gear, what would be the Mr. X in a sense that what would be something that might've been a smaller aspect of metal gear that becomes like this huge fan appreciation, this, 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 this trademark of, of the conceptual remake. 
Ah, I've got, I so see. I've got two answers for you. Good question. <laughs> um, one that I'm not sure I would personally like, but it seems like the obvious answer would be more encounters with the ninja. Oh. Having him be a recurring element. Maybe like a stalker? Yeah. Okay. Um, the second one is actually one I borrow from a friend of mine, and he's he's thought about this a lot, and like, if, if, if you were ever going to remake Metal Gear Solid, what would you do to it? And the answer he would give is Shadow Moses itself. Expand it out to an island. Actually hmm. show it as not just a linear path of, you know, building to building to building to building to end, but actually have it kind of more of like a sprawling facility. Wow. Okay, yeah. I like that. And that that's that's a great example of sort of what I'm talking about because Shadow Moses, I felt, was a little underappreciated in the greater picture. I think the atmosphere of Metal Gear Solid 1 is, is unprecedented. So if somebody could recreate that in a, in a new, a next-gen fashion, oh my god. But I wonder, too, how much of that atmosphere is because of the, the, the PS1 era, you know, of, of that style of game. I can't help but feel like if you remade it, you're going to, to yank a core component of its identity straight out. I mean, atmosphere-wise in, in Twin Snakes, just like the, the environments and stuff, they, you know... As long as you're not... I didn't like it. Yeah. It just, it felt too clean. Gotcha. Yeah, whereas whereas Metal Gear Solid 1, I appreciate it for its very, like, rustic industrial look. Um, to that yeah. point, uh, one game that I am concerned about in terms of remakes is uh, another Konami game, Silent Hill 1. I feel like that, in particular, really, uh, really kind of uh, excels with its... PS1 graphics. So if anyone was anyone was able to remake it, I feel like they take so much away from it. Well, technically, they kind of did. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, and I and I stretch technically because um, did you play Shattered Memories? Oh yeah, I totally forgot about Shattered Memories. And not to spoil it, so you know if you don't want to know the the twist. I, I remember. Ahead, yeah, but, no, no, I, I played but, it. I remember. Yeah, Shattered Memories isn't so much a, a, a remake of Silent Hill 1 like they said it was. It was more of like a stealth sequel um, that that was almost more... It was almost more of a remake of Silent Hill 3, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it focused a little more on, on Heather and, and how she started yeah. handling the events. And that's an... Again, that's an example of this this trope, for lack of a better word, done right. You know, you didn't feel annoyed by the rug pull. It was actually, it was done really well. I hear very little negative about Shattered Memories. It's also very good hmm. at making, implementing gameplay um, into into the story and the narrative. I really enjoyed, even though it was very... The raw shocks? <laughs> well, not just yeah. the raw shocks, but uh, the questionnaire at the beginning. It was very obvious, um, but I did like that and how it sort of changed up your your perception of the characters and whatnot. You know, I'm going to butcher this, but I remember reading somewhere um, someone did like a psycho, like a like a psychology, pers- like a, a psychologist's perspective on Shattered Memories, and it was talking about how they did some really clever things in there about how every time it seems like Harry is getting close to realizing what's going on, everything freezes and he has to run away. And like hmm. that, and they were talking about how that's like almost a perfect visual metaphor for people who are repressing memories. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't remember the term he used, but it was something akin to like freezing or something like that. But it was it was a really clever uh, thing they said, and it 
It's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I just, I just, I don't know. Um, MGS one, I don't know if you could do that, but, but I know we keep talking about how if you're going to remake anything, maybe MG one or two would be a better approach since there's so little there and so much you could expand upon. Oh, I just had an idea. Okay. Uh, so one thing I was thinking about, or just thought about rather is, uh, I know we talked about, you can't break what's not broken in the sense that you can't expand on Metal Gear Solid 2, uh, or with Metal Gear Solid 2, but what if, um, what if we, what if this is like Raiden's VR mission? I don't know. Right, like the, the theory that's floating out there. I think Game Theorist, was that Game Theorist that, that went into detail on that? I know that it's a theory about like Twin Snakes, but what if in the remake, if we have to do this sort of pull the rug over your head, you know, you start off as Snake, and then at the end, you know, you take off the VR gear or whatever, and AI oh. Colonel congratulates you. I was gonna say that, but I didn't want Nitro to get mad at me, so I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, gentler coming be, from me. <laughs> what would be the? What would be the? I don't want to sound like a like a jerk putting it this way, but what would be the point of that? Like, what what narrative purpose does that serve other than ha? Gotcha. I mean, right. Raiden even talks about doing the VR training and being familiar, you know. So it's kind of it. Re- kind of reminds me of like, you, you, okay. So we we talked a little bit before a while back about the Metal Gear Solid movie and how odds are that's gonna incorporate elements from all over the franchise into some sort of amalgamation. You know, it's going to be kind of a metal gear mutant of yeah. sorts, right? Greatest hits. And, and I've been, <laughs> I've been thinking about that for a while. Like I, I, I'm hopeful that the movie would be smart enough to do this, but if you're going to make a metal gear solid movie, it almost has to be about the fact that it's a metal gear solid movie adaptation <laughs> in, a, in a, in a roundabout way. You know, it has to be aware of the fact that it's adapting something well-known and existing and it's not being done by the same person. Like that has to be your meta narrative. Hmm. And that's, that's something metal gear has done for a while. Maybe not so much in the older days. I mean, MGS one, um, is probably the most Outside of the original two, MGS1 is the most blank slate of the series, where it's not really going, you know, it's not getting too recursive about what it's what it's talking about. It's the most straight-faced. Yeah. Um, but everything since has kind of taken on this meta-narrative tone where, you know, MGS2 is about an MGS sequel. MGS3 is kind of about the past and the things we referenced to Metal MGS4 is about being tired of Metal Gear. MGS5 <laughs> is about the end of Metal Gear. Like, it's, it, that's kind of the loop we've gotten in. So, so is that, here's a, here's a better question. Is that element necessary to make a good Metal Gear game? Hell the fuck No. And bleep that out if you have to. I don't know what the target demo for this is. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely not. Uh, I, I wasn't going to elaborate. I just I think that's ridiculous. Um, I think it's ridiculous that that subtext is even there in the first place because th- that doesn't. Your first time playing through the game, you're not even going to notice that until possibly years later when Digital Foundry or somebody does a, a video about it. Um, <laughs> You know, or Super Bunny Hop. I, you know, I, cause that's, that wasn't what I was looking for when I was playing those games. So it wasn't, 
on my mind, like, oh, what's what's the meta narrative here? I was only concerned about the actual narrative. So, is it necessary to tell that story? No, because I don't think it, it enhances or detracts from my enjoyment of what I've already played, knowing what I know now. That's just me, though. But to that oh, point, I, I would think that the the best approach, if we had to approach it, is is just like like Resident Evil, Resident Evil Two in particular, just sort of still adhering to the basic principles of the game, the basic themes, while also um, taking out concepts that people enjoyed and, and making them greater. What about the uh, the graphic novel storylines? You guys read those? Or play uh, them? Yeah. Like the Ashley, yeah, yeah. Ashley Wood, I think her name was. Mm-hmm. Wait, say that again? Uh, Ashley Wood, I think the artist. The art, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, so in the graphic novel version of MGS2, it starts off with uh, Raiden running uh, the Shadow Moses simulation, and he breaks Liquid's neck, and then it's like, mission complete, all right, you did it. Um, and so it's, you know, it's kind of like, it starts off and you're, you see Solid Snake and you see Liquid and they're fighting off on top of Rex and then Liquid throws a punch and Snake comes, comes up and front, you know, he gets him in a, in a headlock and you, you just see, you see his neck in a, like a different place than where it's supposed to be. And then it has like a crunch sound effect on, on the page and you're like, holy shit, wait a minute, that didn't happen. And it fades away and you see Raiden and, um... You know, it starts off and you, you're kind of thinking, is this an alternate history or is this like, is this where, what direction is this graphic novel going? But um, the graphic novel is, is non-canon, but it also is the only official, officially licensed piece of Metal Gear media anywhere that acknowledges that um, Ocelot's parentage outside, I mean, his uh, the fact that hi- him being... The son of the sorrow could be what allowed Liquid to take over his mind. Obviously, that got retconned, but it um, it 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 literally it uh, it goes. Um, there's a scene in the graphic novel that is m- more than what we get in any of the games. So, um, I it was a detail I appreciated. I would if they were going to do a remake, I would hope they would do more things like that. Yeah, that carnival scene uh, in the Raymond Benson novel was pretty nuts with Psychomanus. Oh, nice! Did you ever I read, that, read that? that? I haven't read that. Yeah, Personal. like that's, yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of like enough where it's like supplementary, where it doesn't really mess with anything, but it's just something that happened inside Snake's head where Psycho Manus was messing with him, and it was just like a whole chapter. Right. Where it was just like him walking around this like Coney Island type place, and it was just like weird stuff going on. The comics did something cool. kind of similar to that, where um, when you get to the Psycho Manus battle, obviously they can't do the same sort of video game level trickery that they did on on PS1 when you're reading a comic. So right. they did something where, like, um, Snake beats Mantis, and then Miller shows up on Shadow Moses and helps him take out Liquid, and everything just seems like it's going really well. Ooh. But they they it, everything seems like they, they go off the rails, but then they keep going, and then they keep going. And you're reading, they go just long enough so that you you put your guard down. Right, because at first you're like, "Oh, this is screwy. This something's wrong here." But then they they just take they, they extend it just to that point where you where you kind of let go of the thought that maybe you're being screwed with, and <laughs> then they you know then it comes out that that Mantis was screwing with you. So I, I love it's it. Like a, it. I love it when horror movies do that. 
And that was pretty, that was pretty good. It was a clever way to get around the fact that you can't really change a controller port in a comic book. Um, Smart. I remember a, a less serious example. Uh, I remember when um, Ego Raptor did Metal Gear Awesome Part 2. And when Snake Classic. gets to Sa- Sa- Psycho Mantis, uh, I think it shows like the Flash EXE crashing. Uh, and then it cuts back Smart. to Psycho Mantis. And this was back when it was, you know, Metal Gear Awesome and all the Ego Raptor cartoons were still on Newgrounds and shit like that, so... Right. I wonder if, you know, going back to taking concepts of originals and, and sort of appreciating them in the modern age, like, I know they did this in Metal Gear Solid 4, but if they made a Metal Gear Solid remake for PlayStation 4 or PlayStation 5, what could they achieve in terms of, like... Psycho, a psycho mantis fight. They could do some weird stuff with your phone. Like you put your phone number in, but maybe he calls you and he's That's like, going to depend on the PS5 hardware in part, you know? Oh, yeah. they, you could do a companion app. They do, even. I like was going to say, just, they do have a companion I mean, app. Right. I think you could put the codec, or not the, you know, just like the Soliton radar and stuff all on the phone. I wouldn't want that personally. I bet they would get rid of the, the radar if they do a, a modern day remake, and they'd replace it with other other gadgets. You know, because um, the reason why the, the radar existed in the old games because it wasn't there after two, um, and that was because of the uh, the limited camera perspective. Yeah, yeah, the cameras. It was the all the camera system, and you needed that to to be able to see your environment. But you know, MGS five didn't have a radar because it, it was back would, it's in just the clutter. 60s, and they didn't have that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, MGS 3, 4, 5, you know. I mean, what, 3 had, you had the, the radar. I mean, it was like a sonar, right? Yeah, the AP sensor. and Worthless. Yeah. Just a complete waste of inventory space. Especially on higher difficulties. Yeah, so unless they retain that, you know, overhead camera system, which I... The top-down camera system, I mean, which I they obviously won't, because why would they? Yeah, it really just, I guess it all comes down to just balance. Like, that, that is something, like, if you have your Soliton radar and you have their perspective and you have a 3D camera, it's like you'd always know where they are. Like, that's, like, just too much information at once. Right. With the little ping system, what was that called in MGS3? Where you, would, like, see life forms, like the... Uh, you could like, I think it was, yeah, it was the oh, sonar. That was the motion. That, it was the, yeah, the sonar. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, you would pick up everything. So it was like, right. you had like an overload of information, but you could still kind of compare it. That's just going to be something they're going to have to figure out, I guess, with the remake if, if they do it. I'm just hmm. worried that there's going to be a lot of tone misinterpretation. Um, I think that's going to happen regardless. Did you play the, um, this, this is something I, uh, we'll talk about with a friend of mine uh, from time to time, but did you play the Shadow of the Colossus remake? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For better or worse. <laughs> yeah, you, I think you. I think Days already kind of gets where I'm going with this. Um, but there is... I know that game was very, very warmly received, but th- that is a good example of missing the tone of the source material. Um, and the physics, but I digress. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's less offensive, uh, in my opinion. Um, if you look at the original, 
and the way it's presented, the way that the, the, the colors are chosen, the way the environments are littered and set out, um, it's, if you had to sum it up in a word, it would be desolation. This entire place is supposed to seem somewhere in between alive and dead, maybe leaning more towards the dead side of the spectrum. And oh, wow. then you get the remake, and it's gorgeous. It's just this this flush paradise of green with very little uh, to speak of in terms of you know barren ground. Right. I, I I was I remember playing it the first time and being so impressed initially because I was like, oh my god, there's like you know ten different types of grass and they're all fading into each other and it's amazing looking and just like, and, and then I realized like it was just way too happy. You know, they, hmm. they've created some truly gorgeous scenery, but it's completely in conflict with the tone of the game that they were trying to remake. And, so wait, are you I, saying that the original is not gorgeous? In a different way. You know, something can, okay. be, can be, you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. But, you know, when I say something is, is how, do I, how do I put this, you know? You look at a game like Silent Hill 1 and 2, um, those are very beautiful games, I think because Definitely. of the, the craftsmanship that goes into it. But they are also not, you know, they're intentionally very unpleasant things that are being put in front of you, you know? Right. I'm, I'm stumbling over my words here. I get your um, point, I think. It's, it's not supposed... To, Shadow of the Colossus is not supposed to, to, to present you with a lush paradise. But that's, what it, but that's what the remake does. The original, you're kind of entering a dead, forbidden land. You know, something where where the soul is is barely present. You're, you're, you have this feeling um, like you're not supposed to be there. <laughs> exactly, and and the remake is like, hey, welcome, welcome to Hawaii. Yeah. Okay. And and I feel like when we get to the Metal Gear Solid remake, it's gonna be a lot of that. Shadow of like the Kamosis. Kinda. Yeah. You know. You know <laughs> what? I'll tell. I'll tell you this. Um, when it comes to remakes, I think that a remake of Metal Gear Solid 3 would be a better idea. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of anti-remake in general, with the exception of maybe the first Resident Evil remake, which is darn near perfect. Yeah. But if you're going to remake a Metal Gear Solid game, I think MGS3 would suffer the least, because it's not so much a game that was of a time, it was a game about a time. I agree. So it, it lends itself more to interpretation. Hmm. Does that, does that kind of make sense? No, it makes yeah. complete sense. Yeah. Hmm. I think you guys have probably seen the uh, the videos by Warp Gazer, Aramis Brosdell on Twitter. But uh, I, I, I really like his remake ideas and the pitches he's kind of thrown out there. He's done in like the Unreal Engine. Have you guys Which seen those? Which ones are those? I uh, posted them in chat. Um, were those the Metal Gear Solid 2 Unreal Engine ones? Yeah, he, he did it on the, the bridge, and then he did the whole uh, intro of Metal Gear Solid, I think, like last year or two years ago. <sighs> he's but he's it's an like, incredibly talented guy, yeah. and, and it's amazing what he's made, but I think that's another perfect example of missing the tone. Yeah. And 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 my I think my biggest gripe, I don't want to rag on this guy because he's so he's so talented and he's so good, but like... Solid Snake should not look like a supermodel. Okay, so it's mm. like the, the the facial animation that he landed on. Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of like I'll tell you what it reminds me of because I'm having a really hard time articulating this properly. But have you ever seen those videos of like you know the Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time remade in Unreal Engine, yep. and it's got this 
that's what it reminds me of this like really weird uncanny mm-hmm. overly detailed thing that lacks personality but looks really really clear okay so to gotcha. that point so to that point i think a perfect metaphor for it um for nintendo fans in particular is those you know mario 64 castle and unreal six unreal four engine versus like the super mario 64 world and odyssey and I realized that Aud- the Odyssey example obviously has, like, actual gameplay and you actually collect stars there. But you can see little details and touches that they that they used to adhere to the source but also, you know, implemented some modern touches to it. It's got personality. They've integrated it into the tone of Odyssey. Yeah, and I, I hate, I hate to know, be it's... one of those people who's, like, soul versus soulless because I, <laughs> I think that concept is silly. Uh, but But there is some some credit to adding those little touches or details. If anything, it's a testament to how difficult art direction is. Yep. Yeah, I mean, this is one guy making all of these animations, too. So yeah, that's, I, that's I seriously don't want to sound like I'm knocking yeah. it. That's yeah, not I, I know where you're do. coming. You're coming from, like, the, the whole source idea of Solid Snake being the ugly Christopher Walken mashup. Yeah, like... <laughs> I'm re-watching but now he's out there the looking like Chris intro. Evans, and you're like, damn it, no. I, I'm not seeing that. Where where do you see a supermodel anywhere? Um, he He's posted got like some separate pictures. Oh, okay. I, have, I haven't seen that. Like, I can I can get those up. This is why I really hope that that Oscar Isaac does not end up playing Solid Snake. Like I don't think he's God, a very no. like an extremely good looking man. I think he's just an average looking well, dude. I just think he's the wrong type for this too. I mean, it's, oh well, every everybody would be. Yeah. Yeah, that's There's, fair. There, there is no like. Solid Snake that you can cast, unless you do it like a CG movie. Did, well, like I, I, got, I got somebody years. for you. All right, let's hear it. I got somebody for you, and and this is kind of <laughs> this would be my pet choice, and it's a little ridiculous. But have you seen the uh, the show Future Man? Yeah, I just saw on that on Hulu. Hulu. Um, the guy who plays Wolf. Let's see, Future Man Wolf. Does he have the voice though? Oh yeah, but he does. But the whole show, he's like a complete goofball, so it might be a little hard to do. So who is that guy? But His man, does he look the part? Derek Wilson. I don't see it. I know this this guy though. I've seen him in in, in other things before, but I don't see him as Solid Snake. You know, he he looks like a, yeah, he looks like Charlie Day from uh, It's Always Sunny. <laughs> Not even in like the the shots of him from. Are you looking at just shots of him or shots of him from the show? I'm looking at shots of him from Future Man. Eh, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, this my, he doesn't look like he looks like been, Charlie um, Day. <laughs> like, that's and, fair. and you know why I say that is because I was like, wait a minute, where have I seen him before? And in my head, subconsciously, I'm thinking Charlie Day. And then somebody uh, on Reddit, I guess, did a side by side of this guy next to Charlie Day. <laughs> so just have Charlie Day be Snake. There you go. <laughs> you my that. other pick would have been like Eric Bana circa Black Hawk Down. Right, yeah, that'd have been good. Okay, I see the supermodel now. It's the, it's the eyelashes. Uh, is this supposed to be MGS two era snake? I think I'm a little gruffer. Yeah. There's there's two. Yeah, I posted just a picture, and then there's a link above. But uh, well, keep in mind this is also like an asset that came off of a like a store. I don't think he created this from scratch. And two, I think he's not finished too. This is still a work in progress as well. So there is that. Yeah, this gives me hints that he like he took a base model from somewhere else. Okay, and then I can definitely put, see the supermodel in there. Yeah, 
All right, so here's a question. Worst choice to play Solid Snake that could still potentially happen? Damn. Uh, was it Keanu Reeves in the runnings at one point? I don't know if he was. I know Christian Bale was. Yeah, he definitely was. And Keanu Reeves was another pick after, uh, you know, the Matrix and stuff. And, you know, a Hugh Jackman. I was about to say, they don't, yeah, don't do Hugh Jackman, please. See, I'm leaning right. towards. He, he was the fan favorite forever. Man. He was. I did not like it when everybody had said that on Solid Snake. I'm, I'm leaning towards Damn. an answer that would be like typical Hollywood business where it's like whoever, whoever is like contemporary at the time, like, hey, you're right. popular in this. Why don't you do this? Like. Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> Tom Holland? I don't know. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> he could do it. I bet he could. Zendaya. Like a fastbender. <laughs> yeah. Um, here's how you do it. You pull a, uh, a paranormal activity and you hire completely unknown people so that they're not colored by anything that came before. So you don't have a chance to like, oh, I don't see this person playing pulling off this role because they're, the, they're right out of the gate. It's like um, Daniel Radcliffe and Harry Potter. You had nothing that came before. You know, as soon as he inhabited that role, it was like, "Oh, it, this is Harry Potter." So you need a you need a, an actor like that who is okay with being known as Solid Snake for the rest of his life, and that way you can just have him deliver his performance, and you can either like it or maybe maybe you you really like what he what he does, and you know that's the end of it. But, but no matter what, they'd be what, willing to do that without the star power attached to it, with like some some name on the billing. Right. And what I meant to say was that's the only way you can do it where you wouldn't be disappointed with who they chose. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's fair. You know, nerds these days. Right, but we're, there's we're impossible obviously they're going to pick. Obviously, they're going to pick a Robert Downey Jr. type. Maybe they'll just pick Robert Downey Jr. That would be funny. Okay, there, I like the Jack Reacher movies. There's no budget that they're never going to give a budget that for Metal Gear that's going to afford Robert Downey Jr. Well, you can make this movie on the cheap, I feel. You know, $40 million movie instead of a $250 million blockbuster, it doesn't need to to be the next Avatar. It just needs to be good. And I feel like you can do it for Less than fifty for for definitely. You give me ten million dollars, I will make you the best Metal Gear movie you've ever seen. Oh my god! Wouldn't oh, it yeah. be a hilarious if Mads Mikkelsen, <laughs> fucking snake? That would be Man. great. Kojima would have comedy the biggest option. Boner. You want the comedy option? Cast um, Charlie Day. Oh my god, Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah, absolutely. Just with everybody. <laughs> with Donald Sutherland as Big Boss. There you go. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't do Chris Evans. So do you think they're going to do the thing like if they go the Metal Gear Solid route, are they going to have like the same actor playing Solid and Liquid? They they would have to. They'd have to do like they did in uh in the social network and have that one guy play those twins cuz that pissed me <laughs> off about Devil May Cry 5 how like the they use different actors for for Dante and Virgil. I have an idea. Which is also which is just, also just, the same story as Metal Gear Solid by the can way. Can I pitch an idea? Uh, how much Can I pitch an <laughs> yeah, idea? Yeah, go for it. No CGI. No CGI. Just have Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Javier okay. Bardem in a in a blonde wig. There you I go. I like Javier Bardem. I just saw. Have you guys seen Mother? Oh my God! Yeah, Anybody that, seen that? that? Want to see it? Oh, yeah. watch that movie. That's hard to get over. I just had a thought. What if they cast Adam Driver as Solid Snake? Because he's kind of. Nope. I'd watch that. He's kind of nope. buzzing. 
He's more nope. of a Raiden. But that that's that's that a perfect example. <laughs> that is a perfect example of like a contemporary actor who does not fit the part whatsoever, but Hollywood bigwigs would be like, okay. That's yeah. what I was. Yeah, like no, I no, hadn't no, had no, that no. thought yet not, until just now. I was like, not, you want to know what the Hollywood bigwigs like dude bro <laughs> option is going to be? Is they're going to have two Hemsworth brothers play Solid and Liquid? Oh my god! I wouldn't. I guess I wouldn't hate that. You know, I think if they were to go about it the way that Netflix did The Witcher, and you have a guy who's a fan of the franchise, <laughs> I would be okay with that. It's funny that you say that, because I was about to say, you know, maybe they could call Henry Cavill. If he's just as passionate about Metal Gear as he's The Witcher, I don't mind take him taking that spot either. He definitely isn't, but if they had someone like that, who was a big fan of the series, I don't care if I can't see them in that role. If he's passionate about you know the series and the franchise, I would respect that. And you are know, there any I'd, celebrities who are like well-known fans of Metal Gear? Quentin, there Tar- are. Oh, wait, no, Quentin Tarantino likes Half Life. Michelle Rodriguez likes Tekken, but she can't pronounce it. <laughs> um, I'm I'm trying to think. Oh, uh, I guess I don't know. Um, I guess no. I don't know. Hey, there he is, Oscar Isaac. Um, here's the thing: if you're gonna have, if you're gonna do a Metal Gear Solid movie and specifically do the Shadow Moses incident, cast an actor who actually is 33 and not 57. This is Hollywood. This is Hollywood, sir. That's impossible. <laughs> I would prefer that they just like roll it back to Metal Gear 1 and just do that story. But I agree. But, but I think they're going to th- keep Meryl the same age, by the way. They won't. Yeah. Too many people want to see the ninja on the big screen. There's no way we're not getting either a Metal Gear Solid right. 1 movie or some sort of brand new story that's an amalgamation of the all the things yeah. from the series. Well, guess what? You know, here's the good thing about that is Cyborg Ninja is a government project. It's not any one man. Even though there's one man who's like synonymous with it, I feel like they could do like, hey, Sonny's the next cyborg ninja. Boom. We could see uh, Schneider as black color. The, yeah. The, the, the extraterrestrial ninja. Do that. You know, but I, I completely agree. I think uh, in Metal Gear 1 and 2 are untapped resources. There's tons of direction because because they're so vague and there's you can totally pad that out and flesh the story out way further than than anything else has uh, thus far. I think that's definitely the right way to go for the so for both the remake and the movie. So what we've established is that making a Metal Gear Solid movie good is going to be very difficult, which is a perfect segue to what we were originally going to talk about, which is difficulty in Metal Gear. Yeah, I did that. Yeah. Nice. So yeah, well, to give you guys a little bit of context, going back to uh, Vector's story about his dad getting him back into video games, uh, what inspired me to um, do this topic or bring up this topic was one thing that me and my father did uh, growing up was actually get the big boss ranks on the games. And while, you know, it was a little more of like 60-40, uh, 70-30 in the effort, it was very it was very fond memory. Uh even the shit that was, right. like, completely ridiculous. So I figured we could maybe discuss a little bit about that. Uh, I, I put together a list of, uh, you know, concepts or topics about difficulty, including but not limited to bullshit parts that I'd like to rant about. Uh, okay. But, yeah, I figured we could, we could at least um, touch on the difficulty. 
So what is yeah. the most bullshit part, in your opinion? Well, it, you know, it depends on the game. I, I made a list of each bullshit part on each game. Um, the only thing I could remember that was really bullshit in the first game was uh, the fucking... It wasn't even bullshit. I can understand why they did this in extreme mode. But man, the hardest part about getting Big Boss is the liquid fight. Because oh, definitely. on top Absolutely. of Rex, if you guys don't know, on top of Rex, um, on the, you know, the previous difficulties, easy through hard, if you get knocked over, you know, you just like, I think it's like you tap a button while he's trying to step on your toes and you get back up. Yeah. And extreme, right. if he kicks you off the edge, that's it. Game over. Uh, and that, that gave us a few weeks of trouble. Um, yeah. I can't... I Honestly. Also, doing that fight without continuing, it is it's not easy for it wasn't easy for me at all. Nope. Cuz you get you get one you have less time to do it. So I would always I wouldn't have a problem getting his health down, but you have 30 less seconds if um if you just if he goes right into the cutscene cuz the the timer starts counting down in the middle of the cutscene. Um but if you continue the fight after dying or after Meryl blows up, you get another 30 seconds. So that's what made it bullshit for me was the fact that I just I didn't have enough time. That is one thing that sucks about big boss runs is is the amount of time that like the the time limit and the continue limit. It's which is zero, right? No continues, right? Correct. Yeah. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah, no continues, my friend. Uh, but <laughs> but <laughs> did you guys uh, fingers nitroid? Did you guys ever try to do big boss runs or? No, because I just, I like knew I didn't want to commit that much time to figuring out a speed run or like a, you know, like the most efficient way to do it. I've, uh, I've never really liked doing that with games. I just, that's not what I do. Right. Yeah. I did it with four, but only because you get weapons for doing so. Yeah. And I wanted to collect all the guns. I'll play on, on higher difficulties, but I just normally, like, if it, it requires me, like, having a no, you know, a, a no-kill run or, like, a no-sight run, I'm just, like, not there for that, really. I'm, like, I just, I'll, I'll get frustrated and turn it off. Not, like, right. and I know that, like, stuff like that takes practice and getting back to it, but I'm just, like, ah, nah. Yeah. No. I've, I've done one, two, and three. Um, well, three was Foxhound. Mm-hmm. Um I have not done four yet. I'm I'm putting that off. I know four yeah. the the chase scene is pretty pretty tough yeah, to pull off. That's a, a nightmare. Yeah, and that's and that's like when I just know things like that are out there. I'm just like, nah, I'm good. When it gets the, the um, go ahead. I was gonna say when it gets to a point where you're not learning to get better at the game, you're just learning how to cheese the game. You have to start questioning, you know, if it's yeah. worth it. The bullshit part of Metal Gear Solid 2's run. Um, Assuming you're not playing on the HD collection, would be the uh, when Solidus is choking you on top of Arsenal. I did put that on, on, on the European list. Extreme. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it goes on forever, that, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, you'll, uh, you'll what's the damn near if you don't mind me asking? Uh, what's the difference on the remake? Because I, I never big bossed the remake. Um, in the in the HD remaster, it's just it's easier. They don't, they don't, they like cut the time in, in to like a third. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, Truly. So which, which is a, a change I actually think is a good idea because if you're going to get screwed by way too one, much. Yeah. God. Yeah. I, and I'm pretty good at button mashing, but, but man, that one, 
is a is a nightmare. Yeah, like I had a lot of people complain about uh, the Peace Walker horse one, and I'm just like, what? Like, or not the <laughs> not the not the horse. I'm sorry, the the electrocution stuff was strange. Love. Uh, they were like saying that they couldn't get through that, and I'm just like, man. You fucking kids. You ever seen you how know. they censored Y'all didn't that go scene through the trenches like we did. Have you ever seen how that scene was censored in the Japanese version of Peace Walker? Wasn't it like tickling? Mm-hmm. They're yeah, they're laughing rods. They make you laugh. They don't. They don't actually shock you. It's kind of wow. hilarious. On the note of Metal Gear Solid Two, I feel like <laughs> the fight against the Rays feels like a fucking Souls game. And I know everybody says things are like Souls games nowadays, but that required like frame perfect movement if i recall correctly i love that fight and and it is entirely up to you not screwing up yep you've got to take advantage of i love that maneuver you you have to learn it so fast that maneuver with the stinger where like when you start the game you just lock on to the stinger and you know you wait for the missile to hit to confirm your hit but then you learn like the technique of like quick drawing this the stinger and 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 by the time you're at Metal Gear Solid Two European Extreme, you have to like you have to do like a fucking kick flip roll and then pull out your stinger, get that lock on, and then as soon as you sh- shoot that missile, like you have no time to wait for that missile to confirm. You have to quick equi- quick unequip and then get the fuck out of there. Otherwise, you're dead. Yeah, it's- and it it helps when you learn that you can fire and then aim after the fact. Mm-hmm. Wow, I, yeah, I never did any of that. And it's funny because I... That's, oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, I just, I think that's that's amazing that, uh, you know, that you you need to master gameplay mechanics to that degree on on that difficulty setting. Because I never felt like I had to, to master mechanics and, and uh, it was more about memorizing guard layouts, you know, when I was trying to collect all the dog tags. That's probably the, the, the hardest thing that I, I attempted to do in the Metal Gear series uh, was doing that on higher difficulties and, you know, with with all the... Having to just go through that w- while you have multiple people... I think the hardest room... The, the, the room that comes to mind is the, the crew quarters section of the, of the tanker chapter. On normal mode, there's like 10 guards right before you go to the bridge to see, uh, you know, Olga talking on the walkie-talkie. You know the part I'm talking about with the pantry mm-hmm. and yeah. with the, with the pots, and you can play the, the theme song on the pots. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, one thing yeah. I wish they would have carried over into into other games was um, just you reminded me talking about guard routes. Um, in, yeah. in Metal Gear Solid Integral, there was an option. I can't remember if it was just an option or if it was on repeat difficulties or what. I don't remember the details, but there was an there was a, a an option for um, alternate guard routes. Oh yeah, where it would I remember switch that. those up, and and I have always loved that idea, and I wish they had kind of carried that into the future games where things got switched up, and and you had kind of like an alternate uh, way of playing. On that on that same note, not to not to get too far off track here, but speaking of Resident Evil, uh, since we've kind of gone on that for a bit, it is astonishing to me that Capcom has not jumped on the whole. Resident Evil randomizer trend and made that a standard oh, option in the game. Yeah. That would have been perfect for 3. That would have been a great excuse for their whole like, oh, this is all just a bunch of set pieces. Yeah. <laughs> Infinite replay value for any Resident Evil they put that in. Except and 3. I, I have no desire to ever play that again, regardless <laughs> of what they do. <laughs> That's, you know, yeah. I, I don't think I'm... I, have, I still have it installed on my computer. I don't think I'm going to go back to it. I, I think once 
AAA publishers kind of catch on to the whole randomizer idea. Um, I, I think it'll happen. I don't know if Capcom will be the first to do it, but they'd be smart if they did. I think that's gonna that's gonna spread like wildfire once somebody does it and puts it in a AAA game. Even if it's an update that you know comes out a little bit later, it's like a, yeah. that's definitely a good feature to add. Imagine Bloodborne that in, had in the, the challenge remake. Say that again. It, it, I was gonna say, imagine if they put if they just patched it into the RE2 remake. Yeah, yeah, they could. I mean, Bloodborne had the uh, the Chalice dungeons, which were procedurally generated. Man, so, that's a game I need to go back and finish. Yeah, the that game kind of has endless. But here's the thing: is with procedural generation, is that you know once you realize that all the dungeons are constructed from these these tiles, like it's meant to to circumvent repetitiveness but it gets super repetitive yeah the thing about the resident evil randomizers though is that it's not necessarily creating it's not a procedurally generated thing per se it's figure it's taking items putting them in different places and attaching rooms to other rooms like if you go through a door it's not going to take you to the same door that you would have expected this is how it works in like re1 remake when people use randomizers you go through a door that might have led to the to a hallway but now instead right. it leans it it takes you to somewhere late game that's got an item but it's been coded in a way that keeps the game consistent um so yeah, know, early that's what on I was in, wondering <clears throat> early on in randomizer history I don't know if this has been completely solved I think for the most part it has been but a lot of the time with randomizer seeds you would get unwinnable games because of this problem mm-hmm. um, right but it seems like now they've kind of cracked that um and I'm I'm sure somebody will correct me on this if I'm wrong but like, when you load up a seed for a randomized Resident Evil game, you will be able to beat it. It's just going to be all over the place. I was just about to ask about that, because in order for that to work, you need to have an actual person, like, hand-placing all the objects to make sure that it's it's playable. Well, they've so got an algorithm, to... like, figured out so that it knows that you can get from here to here, you can get from here to here, here to here, here to here, without breaking the chain. Yeah, because if you have that sniper rifle when you first run into Sniper Wolf, you know, and you're with Meryl, it's like, back up, Meryl, I got this. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then you win, and then you win the fight, and then you take your sniper rifle out, or you, you unequip it, and then Meryl's like, deuces. Well, at least hmm. if, if you break, if you do that in the original game, like, the computer doesn't know what vanishes. to do. She just vanishes. Right. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that that goes back to doing an MGS1 remake. I feel like you should absolutely do that, have an alternate scenario where you can fight Sniper Wolf right there and, you know, and see what it, where, where the story goes from there. Well, more non-linear, like Metroidvania style. Maybe. A lot of people, maybe. A lot of people are wondering if part of the reason why, res, uh, why uh, Final Fantasy Remake kind of diverges why it does is because they don't want... Aerith to die, or they wanna, they wanna. Okay, whoa! I, I, because in order to to discuss that, we would have to spoil it for fingers. And I, I mean, don't I, know. like you know, like I'm pretty aware of of the devices that they're using in this game. Like the I know about those, you know, like the black hooded figures kind of being something tied in with fate. And I don't want to get too into it either, just just for the viewers' sake. Uh, yeah. It, we will talk about that though, so yeah. make sure, sure to write I mean, some notes. Sorry, I won't. We to come back to I'm it. not gonna. I'm not gonna spoil anything. But days, you know, my my wife and I were having almost an identical discussion to this, where we were like, you know, I I, ne- I was never a big fan of Aerith before, 
but this version of her is so much more charismatic. Like she's a total goofball mm-hmm. and, and way more, way more relate, relatable as a character. And we're both thinking like, ah, oh, there's no way they're going to be it. They're, they're, they're not going to have the nuts to kill this version of Aerith off. Yeah. I didn't have hmm. any attachment to her in the PS one version. I don't know what yeah. it was. I was just like, oh, ah, she's kind of she's... a weak party member. I don't know. Like I get that she she's heals a... a lot, but her limits, you know, I don't know. She's amazing. Uh, I'd rather swap around. her out for, for somebody else right now. Wow, so once again, just me. I'm the only one that hates her. Again. <laughs> the new the new version? Yeah, she sucks. She always <laughs> I mean, has the has the least HP. You know, her all right, healing wind is is good, but you know, she takes a buttload of damage. I feel like enemies were specifically targeting her I, in my playthrough. I don't know what it was, but it's you know, she always just I spent so much time reviving her and Tifa. <laughs> That's why I didn't like her in the original. She was just like a weak character. I, I don't know. I might have just like played it wrong, but she always in, died on my ass. Improved as like, ah. Aerith may be, in this house we stand Cloud and Tifa. Yeah. Oh, God. I'm all for that. I didn't sign up for this podcast to play Waifu Wars. <laughs> <laughs> waifu Wars. <laughs> can, I, can I tell you my pet theory about why they're going this route for FF7 Remake? It's, it's non-spoiler. This is just my personal belief. This company has been so apprehensive about remaking this game for so long that I kind of feel like they don't know how to do it. And this is their way of getting out of doing a straight remake. Yeah, yeah. I think mm. this is this is a get out of jail free card. <laughs> I think I mentioned it earlier. I was like, this feels like they didn't know what to do. They realized that they realized how much risk is involved continuing this series. And they they pretty much did like a what is it springtime with Hitler? If you were springtime for Hitler, springtime yeah. for Hitler, like the producers, <laughs> and they're like, you know, if people get pissed off and divisive about this, then like, you know, th- there's less of an expectation for us to follow through. Wow, maybe I don't know. I get. I also kind of feel like like, man. This is how Tetsuya Nomura does his writing now. I mean, this is... A lot of people are joking, like, this is more of a Kingdom Hearts game than a Final Fantasy VII remake. Oh, yeah. I, I've yeah, I was going to say that, because you fight, you know... Don't... Did. Nothing. Yeah, you don't fight yeah, anything. I didn't, that, I didn't say yeah, shit. We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> I didn't say a goddamn thing. I, uh, <laughs> Fingers, I, I, did you get to the honeybee in part? Oh, yeah, that was... Man, they just... They did not hold back on that. Fingers, have you played it? No, I'm still waiting okay. on my copy to get. Oh, that's well, right. You haven't played when, it at all. No, I won't uh, say for what some the reason line I thought. Is, but, I'm kind of just but, like read up on it. So okay, I won't say what the line is. But days, if you remember when when Tifa sees Cloud in a dress, what Cloud says in response to kind of end the conversation had me rolling. I haven't seen that, but I intend on getting the game. So. Oh my okay. god! It's it's well, that's probably I know what the you're part talking of the game about. they've done the best. You know you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I do. Yeah, <laughs> oh but um, could not breathe. Dang it, fingers! Play the damn game. Hey man, yes, yeah, so we can talk about it. I have two. Do I need to give you one? I mean, shit. I mean, two for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I really have two because Amazon. You know, they they had the freeze on delivering stuff, so. That's, I, like I, yeah, that's pretty much it. like GameFly just hasn't gotten their copies yet because of some delay or something. So then right. they have it set mm. to April thirtieth is when they're getting it. So then from there they'll send right. it. I don't know. Oh right on. Yeah. 
I had to buy it digitally, and I spent the weekend playing it. It was, <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to talk about it. It was, a, it was a lot of fun in a torturous kind of way. I like the battle system a lot, though. They, it's like they've learned from every bad thing they did in 15. Except that the, they need to have a little more customization in your AI for, the, uh, for your friendly people yeah, to fill if, up if their they, yeah, a little more aggressively. If they aggressively. blended in a little more control like yeah. that, then... That was one thing I didn't like from the demo that that I did play. I'll tell you this. The demo doesn't really communicate the breadth of the battle system very well because it really does open up over over the course of the game. The problem is that the game is so on rails that it never really has room to breathe. And and you can never really see how far this goes. But I spent an inordinate amount of time customizing my materia in this game. I mean, I, that's the point. Uh, I, I did the same exact thing in the original. I was very disappointed to find that they had gotten rid of the all materia. It's there. Um, it's just it's, it's called, called something, something else. else. Yeah. It's uh, like magnify or something. No, that's not it. It's just it's it, not the it same. Essentially, is it's not the same, but they. Oh, uh, it's AOE versus just like everything. Yeah. yeah. Right. No, I know what you mean. I miss the days of Final Fantasy VI, where you could just. Mm. Hit that R button. Amen. Yeah, and just spread it. Six is my favorite, Mm. so I feel that. Six is my favorite. I was talking to a buddy about that earlier. It's like, that's one that if they remade, it would be like too big to take on just because of how many characters it is. And just like, it's just, but if they did, they could split it right in the middle, right at the world of ruin and just call it two games from there. I'm the weirdo whose favorite is eight. Nothing wrong with that. I don't think that. that's weird at all. You know what? It's yeah. funny because people are saying that 8 should have been the one that they did this uh Yes. Time yes. Away. Well, well, I don't know. Uh, it would have been more thematically relevant for 8. I'll, I'll give it that. Yeah. We got to stop talking about this game because I'm, I'm going <laughs> to just... <laughs> Fingers, why haven't you played it? This is all your fault. Um... Let's go back to explain the logistics of the situation. (laughs) (laughs) Is is Sephiroth trying to achieve time compression? Oh my god! So a difficulty in the series uh, (laughs) has always been a contentious subject for many people. Uh, Speaking of which, um, like there's a the reason why there's a European extreme is because uh, for the longest time Europe had an exclusive difficulty mode. Um, I don't know why they did that. Was that because to make up for the fact that they got the game later? Yeah. Because the games usually release in North America first. Also, he went through kind of an he went through kind of an Anglophile phase there for a bit. Okay. Well, okay. So let's see. MGS two and three came out in the United States before Japan by like a couple days. Or like no, actually, I think MGS two might have come out a month before MGS MGS uh, or before it came out in Japan. It was like yeah, a long MGS, time. MGS two because of the success that MGS one had in America. Right. MGS two was released in America first. Yeah, and to apologize, uh, Japan got the demo theater. Yeah, and Europe got the extra difficulty. That's and ridiculous. Then, and then when substance rolled around, everything got included. Huh. But there's still such thing as a European extreme, which we eventually got in substance. Mm-hmm. But um and that's the one where 
what's what's unique about European Extreme? You it just if you cranks get caught, up everything. Yeah, it cranks up everything about Extreme, except it it mandatorily makes it so that if you get seen, the game's over. No radar either, right? Right. And and Damn. To, to be completely frank, if you get caught in the game, you may as well have a game over because it's right. fucking impossible to get out of that shit. It's Makes fun sense. though. If you play on on like harder, I can't remember what the I think extreme is the highest difficulty that you can still continue to play after you've been caught on. Oh yeah, don't get me wrong. It's a blast, like playing with the guards, messing with the AI. I'll tell you what. Yeah, but that shit helped me, and I'll, I'll stop cursing after this. Um, that helped. Those skills helped me in Hitman, manipulating AI. Helped me in Hitman, and it helped me in the Untitled Goose Game. Hmm. And, and Which I've still yet to play, and I've heard amazing things about. <laughs> yeah, my girlfriend downloaded it. She's enjoying it. That sounds awesome, but I am not playing MGS2 without a radar. No thanks. I wonder yeah. how MGS2 would play with, like, subsistence's camera built in. Oh, man. Well, hey, in ten years we'll have a remake, and then you'll find out. The things that always got me with uh, Metal Gear were, like, the collectible things, like the Caratans. Dog um, tags. Like I would always miss. I would always miss one. It's the that one during one, the the the, uh, the, chase, the motorcycle yeah. chase. Nope, yeah, got both of them. How do you do it? Because don't you have to replay it multiple times? Because you have to I, shoot each yeah. one three times. No, you, you only have to shoot it once. No, yeah, I was about to say there's, it's only one shot. Well, but, I was but never those able two to hit during it. the chase. Are so freaking hard to hit. Yep. I mean, yeah. I reloaded a bunch of times and got them, but then like I, when I hit the end, I just never got the. The bonus for it, or the achievement. So I was just like, guess I missed one of them. Yeah. And you never know which. Yeah. Not worth it. That's the same thing for the the food uh, achievement in Metal Gear Survive. Like, I have have no list of, like, or a way to check off my, uh, I even, like, made a list, and I still didn't do it. (laughs) Yeah, I have, like, a legit spreadsheet where I was tracking every single thing I ate. Yep. Did and you I ever still get don't it? Have them all? No. Yeah, I think that I think that trophy's bugged, but some people got it. I don't know. Yep. Are there any trophies on there that require um, you to be online? Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole I game requires you to be online. Whole game doesn't it? Is online. Yeah. I was gonna say, I'm really oh. worried what's going to happen when they decide to take those servers down. I'm honestly astonished that Peace Walker servers are still up. Hmm. Yeah. When do you think that'll happen? I, I wonder. I pr- my prediction has been passed by about three years, man. I because they they had this thing where they would leave up servers for like two, three, maybe four years max, and then they would cut it off. Right. Um. And they did it with MGO one, MGO two, Portable Ops, Portable Ops Plus, um, and then Peace Walker just kind of hung in there. It's really weird, and I don't know if that's because we're you know the PS3 is still considered kind of like an active ecosystem. But then, you know, you still have MGS4 and MGO2. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it's strange. Um, but I got to I gotta get all the trophies in that at some point before it goes down. It's, hmm, so that's definitely something to think about. I feel like it's it has to do with a, a matter of, like, how difficult it is to keep them active. And maybe yeah. there just doesn't take that much effort. Well, there'd been, um, there'd been some reports recently after an update for Metal Gear Solid 5 that the FOB servers started to become really, really unresponsive in comparison to what they used to be. And, and it just like everybody all at once was like, hey, we're, these are really slow now. They're really terrible. What's going on? 
And I'm wondering if that update was them scaling back the, the MGS5 servers because the player base isn't what it used to be. Speaking of supporting a game for years after release, have you guys heard of this uh, YouTube channel, Future Sound Productions? Yeah. They, uh, this guy's videos have uh, popped up all over YouTube for me recently. He seems to be carrying on the tradition of uh, you know guys like uh, Python Silk and, and uh, you know Super Bunny Hop and um, just came out of nowhere. He's making all these uh, you know Metal Gear discussions. Where'd that come from? I don't. Know. I haven't seen it. What's it called? Futura Sound Productions. Futura Sound, one word. It's like Future yeah, of the just font. A bunch of, like essays on different Metal Gear topics. Like was Raiden really blah blah blah? I don't know. Yeah, I, forget, I, I mean, I forget I, exactly. I guess I had autoplay right. turned on, and one of his videos popped up. Um, I think I, I might have seen these pop up occasionally. Why Raiden makes MGS two a masterpiece? Yeah, stuff like that. Man, okay, great <laughs> thumbnails. I can't stop thinking about Adam Driver being like a whiny Raiden. It just—it's so perfect. <laughs> I like that guy. He was great in Marriage Story. Oh yeah! Right, keep him away from Metal Gear. <laughs> he carried he carried that Star Wars trilogy barely. His back. I wouldn't. Well, maybe not. Maybe not carry. Maybe dragged it across the finish line he, would be a better way to put probably it. Probably needed Cairo, a chiropractor with all the care. Yeah. A, a chiropractor. Chiropractor. <laughs> you know, a chiropractor. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> 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 